Hi, and a big welcome to another episode of Laughter and Lunges with your hosts, Catherine and Sarah. Thanks for taking the time to listen to us today. We would love it if you could rate, follow and share the podcast so that it can reach even more ears. Here's today's episode. Hello, everybody. How are you? Good morning, lovely listeners. And Catherine, but you're also lovely. I was just saying to Sarah that I don't feel that lovely today I feel like that time of the month is coming up and I I was telling Sarah that I feel quite grumpy I was trying to do some work this morning and their kittens were like climbing on my lap and normally I'd be like oh my god you're so cute but today I was like oh my god you're so annoying (laughs) (laughs) oh those days Yay, Patsy found us. Yay, Thanks Patsy. for finding us, Patsy. Lovely no, she, to have you with us. She's going to promptly run away after I know. I'm grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> just keeping it real. Sorry, I was just distracted there because I saw a little bird just walk across the uh, deck next to me, which is quite oh. nice. Was it a One wee robin? Nature. Oh, don't. Now you're testing me. But no, it wasn't a robin. It's some other unidentifiable birds. I'm not a twitcher. I don't know. A Twitter. <laughs> um, how are you? I am very well, thank you. I've been out for a really nice walk this morning. And yeah, I was just sort of reflecting on my walk, how present I was today in it. And it was just so nice to feel that. I don't always listen to podcasts or things when I'm walking, but this week I had. And the difference that that made to sort of not being present on my walk, whereas this morning... You know, you're hearing all the crunching of the leaves. The birds were out singing. The sun was shining. Like it was Snow White. (laughs) It was a really nice walk. Yeah, they spoke to me. They sat on my hand. It was lovely. No, that does sound (laughs) really, really nice. I didn't eat an apple. Is that Snow White? Does she eat an apple? Get given an apple? Yeah, that's the poison apple, isn't it? Yeah, there was no apples on my walk. I'm glad you didn't eat a random apple that you like found on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Just like merrily skipping along, thinking I am in a Disney film. You know what? Now that you say that, I definitely, I don't think I do that enough. When I go out on walks, I'll either be, or most of the time I'll listen to a podcast. And most of the time, I would say like 75% of the time, it will be like fitness related or something to do with like exercise or nutrition or like business and I yeah I very rarely will just go out for a walk without my earphones and there's definitely some kind of like anxiety about not having my earphones or will they run out of battery I need to make sure they're charged and it's like oh wow what is that reliance on needing to have this this like distraction in my ears that's interesting Mm -hmm. isn't it I tend to listen to podcasts more when I'm doing jobs at home that I either don't want to be doing or like if I'm cooking I really enjoy cooking but I find then I'm more present in the podcast as well but if I'm walking generally I like to have nothing and just be in touch with my surroundings but that often comes from knowing that I feel overstimulated from like work and being like logged in on either a laptop or a phone quite often so having that space away I find really really beneficial Mm -hmm. and as I said this week it was it was interesting to see that difference. So yeah, I mean, I'm intrigued by that, Catherine. Maybe you should challenge yourself to yeah. go out for even a short walk just without your headphones and tune into what's going on around you. You know what? I'm going to do it today. I'm going to do it after our podcast and 
it's really nice here. It's like a crisp, cold day. So I'm sure there'll be plenty of crunchy leaves. I'll probably slip on ice or something like that. So I can be fully immersed in that experience. But I think I think <laughs> I need that today. I think I need that like zenness. So I'm gonna do that. And then maybe instead of listening to a podcast, maybe halfway through the walk, I'll listen to some music instead. Because I think there's a bit of a difference there, isn't there? Between having like music in your ears and a podcast in your ears. Yeah, I think it's like anything. It depends how I think intentional that is and like the purpose behind it. And are you truly listening to the podcast and taking that in or is it a distraction? And the same with the music. It could just be something loud and you know, to distract you from what's going on through your mind. But yeah, on the other side of that, it might be something that's quite sort of calming and peaceful, whatever that music is. It doesn't have to be like slow music, even feel <laughs> heavy <calm> metal. Peaceful. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> but I think I remember saying to you before, like I went on a run when we were setting up Empowered in Eight, the first intake, and we'd obviously been working rather long hours to get everything ready in time and I went out for a run and was listening to chilled out piano music on my run because I just wanted that extra layer of something to like chill me the out and it was great (laughs) you know like it was it was really good but I think that's it isn't it it's getting a bit more curious and tuning into what you need at that time Mm -hmm. and it's going to vary all the time. Yeah. And it isn't always going to be about reverting to what like the default choice is. And I think that links really nicely into our topic today. We don't have any, I know we don't have any questions, but we came in with what is, I think a really valuable topic and something that we are making a point of covering in the next intake of Empowered Innate. Yes. <laughs> no, do you know, I, I feel like it. you had something to say, and no. then I was like, "Wait, in <laughs> what I loved there for people that <laughs> can't see the video, I could see in Catherine's face that she was coming to the end, <laughs> to the end of talking, and I just wanted to leave the awkward silence there. <laughs> I felt really awkward. <laughs> oh, I'm in a funny mood today. Yeah, this is something oh. that we want to. We are going to build in more into the next sort of intake of Empowered Innate, as Catherine so lovely, <laughs> lovely, so lovely said. Clearly can't talk today either. Maybe we should build that into the next Empowered Innate. How what, to learning talk how to talk? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was also something we sent out an email recently to our mailing list slash friends and asked what one is what was one of the main sort of difficulties in terms of like getting in the way of reaching your goals what was the hardest part and one of the things that came back was emotional eating so it is something that we thought might be quite useful to begin to discuss in a little bit more detail today mm-hmm. I'm really excited because we started we we meet up every Thursday evening which was last night was our last meeting and we started building the things that we want to include in the the next round so for people who are in the current intake of empowered innate who are currently with us who are staying with us you're also going to get access to all of this stuff um i'm really excited to like see what we can do with it and how much we can help people like even more like i think like the point in us sending that email out and asking people what they struggle with is to make empowered innate even better and to make sure that we're giving 
people what they want and what they need help with because I mean you know we have a lot of experience we could sit here and guess and you know there's there's the fundamentals in empowered innate you know there's the check-ins there's workouts there's nutrition guidance there's the group aspect there's the podcasts we have resources in our app that you can look at and we'll point you towards in check-ins but like is there anything else that we can include in there? And we decided, yeah, let's let's opt to go for like a topic for the eight weeks. So we're going to cover that in a lot of depth. And I'm very excited about it. And me. It's always nice when we discuss ideas and mm-hmm. we're both equally as buzzing to, to work on something and just to, I guess, to help and support people more with, as you said, those areas that, we, we come across quite often with our clients that we recognize our struggles and they're normal things for all of us to struggle with. And I think having that support when you work through something like that is invaluable because it helps you to get out of your own head and have someone else that can help you to see the bigger picture. So yeah, lots of plans coming up and I'm absolutely buzzing to, to bring it to life Yes, Patsy saying, oh, I love this idea. Super focus. Exactly that. I feel like there's a song in that in my head, but I think I was just thinking of super freak. <laughs> super focus, super focus. <laughs> I'll leave the music to you, Catherine. Um, oh, I like this. So Dawn saying, I'm excited for this. Your email was very timely this morning. Oh, brilliant. Well done, as. Um, as I was going to talk about it on the group call tonight, Um, as I'm in a right phase of border meeting in the evenings right now. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? We're making sure that we're covering a wide variety of emotions. So it's not just about, you know, like people struggling with eating when they're upset or when they're stressed after a hard day at work. There's various different reasons for it. So we're going to deep dive into a lot of those over the eight weeks. Um, Oh, yeah, I'm excited. I mean, watch this space definitely watch this space and if you want to hear even more about this or get a chance at being within the next intake of empowered innate then you need to make sure you're signed up to our mailing list because that is where one we've released a lot of these awesome resources but two where you'll find out about how to sign up when those places go live absolutely and we will be sending that first email with details of getting onto the priority list on Thursday so that's Thursday the 25th of January that's where you'll get all the details that's where you'll find out when the signups open how many spaces are available etc etc because spaces are limited there's you know there's two of us we have limited capacity we want to make sure that you don't feel lost in a massive group of people and that you have like you receive a lot of value from us and we like one of our goals when we started empowered in eight was that we wanted to know everybody in it we want to know all of our clients I was about to say inside out that <laughs> sounds a bit weird but we want to know everybody we want the opportunity to get to know everybody and we don't want anybody feeling like another number so that's why spaces will be limited um, yeah agreed awesome Yeah, I was going to say, where did you want to start with this today? Because obviously we've got quite a large topic. Yeah, we were going to cover it quite broadly, weren't we? In terms of like not deep diving into the topic on on the podcast, but like kind of going over some hints and tips and, 
different steps that you could actually go away with and start utilizing right now. Um, so I suppose like if you're listening and one of your goals is whether it's fat loss or it's muscle building or it's maintaining a fat loss goal that you've already achieved, but you're finding that emotional eating is getting in the way. You might find that, you know, because you're bored, you eat because you're lonely, you eat because you're sad, you eat because you come home from work and you're stressed, you eat. And what you might be finding is that this is stopping you from either reaching your goals or from sustaining the results or maintaining the results that you've already got. In which case there, you know, there's a few things that you can do to help with that. And what we want to do is make sure that you've, you started, you had to have like guidance on like what steps to take. What we're not going to sit and do is tell you that, um, uh, oh, what was it? What was it I heard the other day? I think like the advice that someone was given about like emotional eating was, oh, you know, just don't label yourself somebody who emotionally eats and then you'll solve that issue. And like that, it's not the message that we're giving out. Like we want to like properly help you with this. Um, so what would be, what would be like the first bit of advice that we gave somebody who comes to us, who is struggling with emotionally eating? Let's say for example, they're, they're getting home from work and they're stressed after a long day at work. I guess the first word that sprung to mind there for me is curiosity and also then compassion. You know, I love those two C's, but beginning to get curious about what's happening for you. So kind of making a note of what's happening, when it's happening, where it's happening, how you're feeling at the time. So both physically within your body and any emotions that are coming up for you as well, but also any thoughts that you might be having at the time and then anything that you notice that you do. So in this case, potentially you are emotional eating or maybe you're hubbard surfing. You know, you <laughs> might notice things like that. But making a note of all of these parts of the jigsaw is so, so helpful because it builds up a bigger picture for us of any kind of patterns or triggers or common emotions or physical symptoms or thoughts that keep coming up for you. And then that allows us then to work out what's the next best step in terms of kind of helping you to move forwards with that. But I think doing this from a place of curiosity and having that compassion to look at it from a place, I guess, of like non-judgment. So this isn't about looking back and going, oh, like I'm such an awful person because I did this on that day. And like, why can't I just stop that? It's about doing that in a non-judgmental way and recognizing when we write that down, well, it's understandable I turned to food on that night because maybe I was feeling stressed or I was upset or I was angry. And I haven't got those alternative coping resources in yet, but it's something that I know that I can work towards. And recognizing that it's okay, like it is a tool that we do use, but it's about expanding the tools that we've got available to use so that it doesn't become always our go-to. Mm -hmm. I love that all the points that you made there, especially that last bit there where you said about emotional eating or using food to help cope with or distract from or regulate emotions it's it's okay to use that occasionally but it shouldn't be the only tool in your toolbox and 
you'll probably know whether you're using that as like a regulating method too much because you'll find that it like it will clash with what your goals are it'll clash with what your values are you'll probably feel some conflict and incongruence with it and some discomfort with it as well um so very much like the like the I suppose it's like an observation stage isn't it like getting curious about what's happening and we love that we talk about getting curious all the time you know without judgment and without criticizing yourself or being horrible to yourself so we're doing it from a place of like compassion we're looking at what's happening because I think very often we don't pause and give ourselves the opportunity to have a look at what's going on and what the triggers are and how we feel so that observation stage is really really important and it's like one of the first steps to then being able to take action and make changes yeah I think it's a massive stage and a lot of the time I think there's a real sense of urgency to skip to yeah but how do I stop it well what we need to know at first is what's going on we need to get an idea of what that kind of pattern that you're in looks like what's triggering it what feelings emotions thoughts are coming up for you because without that information it can be difficult then to know how to move forward so it gives us that picture of okay that's interesting and sometimes by drawing attention to it in itself that can also act as a tool for us then to make a behavior change because we might not have always been truly aware that that is what we were doing so it allows, as you said, that almost that pause. But by drawing that attention, it gives us that opportunity to just see all of those pieces of the jigsaw. So I said, like, sometimes there's that eagerness to go to what, what are the tools. But actually, this stage in itself is is just so, so vital, really, for being able to move forwards. Agreed. Yeah. And then what we what we would then look at doing next is how we would put in a pause so we often use a tool called surfing the urge. It's something that we've spoken about before on podcasts and then like our content on Instagram. But what is it? What's like the quote? It's like, don't fight the waves. Instead, learn how to surf. <laughs> so like that. <laughs> I, I loved that. I loved the voice as well that came along with that because I was very much here for that. <laughs> you know, I love an accent. I mean, that was just my voice and my accent. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. <laughs> I love your voice and your accent. Oh, thanks. But this is like a, it's a way that we can help sit with those emotions and it can feel uncomfortable at first. It can feel uncomfortable to like not distract yourself from emotions to begin with. So what we do say is as part of like the pause is it's okay at first to use different things to distract yourself. But if you can try and extend this pause to begin with this pause or this surfing the urge might take it, it you might do it over 10 seconds but that's 10 seconds longer that you give yourself between the stimulus so you're you feeling the emotion and then you acting on that emotion by emotionally eating for example so what we do here we have kind of like four different points we have like the trigger so you you have identified how you're feeling what your thoughts are etc and then you feel the ramp up so you think about what the emotion is and then you reach the peak of that wave and then it goes away again. So the idea is that whilst we can't control the emotions and thoughts that come up, they don't last forever and they do eventually go away again, like how a, a wave peaks and then it falls again and it crashes. Like that's that's the emotion again leaving and that will happen 
whether or not you act on it or not, that feeling will go away. That emotion will eventually go away or it'll change into a different emotion without you having to take any action. And that's the the whole premise of this is to realize that you don't need to do anything in order to make the emotion go away. That's not what we're trying to do. We're not trying to like sweep it under the rug. We're not trying to ignore it. We're not trying to change it because all, all emotions are there for a reason. They all have like a, a purpose, right? Yeah, they're they're messengers, aren't they? That's often what I try and view them as. They're neither good nor bad. They're just messengers for something that maybe may or may not need to be paid attention to. So I think viewing it as that, as opposed to, as you said, something that we're trying to push down. I always quite like that beach ball analogy of almost like trying to suppress like a thought or an emotion is like trying to push a beach ball under the water like eventually that's gonna like pop back up hit so... you in the face have you ever done that when you've been swimming before <laughs> as a kid I'm and I'm adding in Probably. as a kid because I've never done it as an adult before <laughs> or you like get a float and you push it under the water and you accidentally like go and it hits you like oh. erupts but I think that's <laughs> often like a really again another good image of almost like if you're likening it to the waves and the water well actually knowing that there is that peak and then it will come back down as opposed to us trying to push it down and then it is going to like come back up. So again, it's about approaching these tools with kind of curiosity and compassion that it's not a case of you try these things once and that's it. It's, it is a real kind of feel your way through and recognizing, I think as Catherine said, that it is going to be normal to still feel discomfort and feeling discomfort is okay it isn't necessarily something that we have to change. It is okay to feel that. That feeling will pass. And even having yourself some helpful kind of reminders of that, like a a statement, like a coping statement can be quite helpful when you are first trying this. So almost like I'm safe, this feeling will pass. Um, And things like that can be quite helpful too. Yeah. And then I suppose there comes a point where, we need to take action. We can have all the self-awareness in the world. We can, you know, be analyzing our thoughts and our feelings and writing them down. And that's a really, really good place to start. But if we really want to make change and we want to change the actions coming out of that, then we need to start doing something. And, you know, we've kind of, we've come come up with like a, a stage that we call like the replacement stage. And that's where we look at what we can replace the action of of overeating or emotionally eating with something else that helps us I suppose meet our needs based on what the emotion is so you know if you think of an emotion like loneliness and then using emotional eating as a way to cope with that loneliness okay emotional eating sometimes is absolutely fine using food to feel less lonely or to comfort yourself is absolutely fine but what else can make you feel I suppose a sense of connection because that's maybe the thing that you need at that point in time when you feel lonely isn't necessarily the food it's a sense of connection it's maybe some comfort so what other things can you reach out to or do to find those things and that might be texting a friend it might be cuddling with your pet um we've come up with a load of different examples in the resources that we sent out if you're like really struggling there's kind of things there that will hopefully kind of get you thinking about the things that you can do that will help you meet your needs and maybe even meet your needs better than what using food would do in some instances 
Yeah, definitely. And I think that just getting curious about what those emotions are and having an idea of what alternative actions could be is really, really useful because if we have this sort of plan in advance, we're more likely to follow through with it. We talk about it all the time in terms of people having an idea of what food they might eat and when, like when life's quite busy, maybe they're pre-planning when they're going to do their workouts and having that set out. So we're trying to create an environment that makes it easier to follow through with these things when we don't necessarily feel like doing them because they're not our default. But having that time where you sit down beforehand and just say, oh, actually, you know, maybe I am when I when I'm feeling bored, I could try and try something new, maybe pick up an instrument and play that. And having that idea then, when you then step back in that moment, you say, oh, I am actually feeling a little bit bored. And when I worked through this, I said that I would go and pick up an instrument. So then we can try that and see if that's something we find useful at the time. But I also think it's important to remember as well, if we have that pause and we decide, actually, I, I do want to eat, then that's absolutely fine as well, because we're doing making that decision from a more empowered place as well, as opposed to something that we're doing on autopilot. Mm, that's such a good point it's like the autopilot it, rather than it being like a knee-jerk reaction it's something that we feel empowered to do and that we have like I suppose like choice over um, that aligns with our, our values and that aligns with our goals and then we feel I suppose more at ease with it and more congruent with it I guess with that as well if we are making that choice to have some food as comfort we're probably going to make more of a meal of it. And by that, I mean, we're going to sit down, we're going to eat at the table, we're going to eat off a plate or from a bowl and actually take that time to enjoy that food as opposed to maybe eating at the cupboard door or, you know, just going on a cupboard tapas, you know? So mm -hmm. I think it's, it's just, a, it's always about that difference and it is very often like a slight difference, but having again that time to make that choice can be really really helpful agreed cupboard tapas <laughs> um and then we we also pull together a few different things that you can practice on a regular basis when you don't necessarily need these things to help you overcome emotional eating so maybe they're things that you put in as part of your routine um and some of the things that we've put in there are, you know, mindful eating, um, as Sarah's alluded to already, you know, sitting down at a table with a knife and fork or with the stuff that you want to eat on your plate. So then you kind of are getting, you're more in tune with your senses and your brain recognizes that you've had that food and you've enjoyed it and you've taken your time over it. So there are some some things in there to help you and guide you through mindful eating. But the other things that we've kind of come up with were, you know, box breathing, progressive muscle relaxation. And they're all things that you could say to yourself, I'm actually going to practice this once a week, once a day. And that means it kind of starts to become my default over time. And it's something that I might then revert to instead of reverting to emotional eating. So it's, again, it's about like practicing. So I think we kind of, alluded to that in the documents is these these things are things that you can practice and get better at and they're like skills yeah and with that as well it's 
it when because obviously with the document we have loaded it with lots of information mm -hmm. and lots of really helpful tools but working through that gradually so not trying to do everything mm -hmm. all at once start in those stages and don't be so quick to kind of progress to the end because it is each stage builds on the last stage as well so these extra tools are really helpful that you can as Catherine said practice maybe once a week once a day whatever can fit in for you and they're ongoing things that will help with the other steps that we've already mentioned and the more that we practice these the more that they become easier to implement when we need them. So even with the earlier tools that we mentioned as well, those things, the more we practice them, even when we feel that we don't need to, the more that we're going to be able to implement that pause, the more that we're going to be able to practice surfing the urge and be able to do that at those times where our emotions are heightened, the more that we kind of regularly practice that. It's like a muscle still. You know, I think the same in terms of like reps in the gym. These are reps that we can do outside of the gym and we see the same progression through those reps that we do. Progress will come, but we need to put in those reps as well to do that. But that's where having the support can be really, really helpful too, because just like gym progress or progress with our diet, there there are going to be times where we feel that we're we're having a bad week or a bad day and having that support to, to help you see that this is a normal part of the process can help us to feel like we're back on track kind of sooner than we would be if we were just kind of flailing on our own as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's all well and good, like having all of these tools and these um, documents that we've sent out with like four stages, but the point is that you get the support around it and the accountability to take, accountability to take action because you might well download all of these documents and save them in your phone or save them on your computer, but then never use them. So they become more valuable when you also then add in the, the extra layer on top, which is the support and the accountability and like being able to reach out to the group and ask questions and actually make these tools, I suppose, specific to your individual circumstances, because whilst there is you know we've put together this guidance everybody's journey along this along these four steps is going to look entirely different and they're going to go through it at different paces so that's that's a point that we want to make to you about the tools again like yeah you could download them and never use them or you could download them and start using them and then just stop using them because there's no one to hold you accountable and support you through that as well because making changes can be difficult you know, there's a lot, often we have a lot going on in our lives, you know, with kind of stresses at home or um, work, you know, like lots of different <laughs> things going on. <laughs> I'm I trying not to think, think of all of my own stresses. I know, like what, what else can I say? Um, but, you know, like, oh, we just have a lot of things going on. Maybe we have a lot of interests and like hobbies that we do. And there's, there's a lot going on. And then this is something that we want to work on alongside still living our best lives mm -hmm. and to live our best lives even more. So having that support when there's already kind of a lot else that's going on can, can really just help to keep us on that path towards something that is important to us as well. Totally. And it can stop it from feeling like it's taking over our lives as well. Like that's, that's one thing that we want to help our clients work with on is like, they all love like 
exercise and they enjoy eating healthily, but we want them, we don't want it to take over. We want them to still be able to live their lives and enjoy things and, you know, exercise and diet, nutrition and a healthy relationship with food is part of their life, but it isn't, it isn't their life. It isn't the entirety of their life. And I think that's the thing with a lot of the things we work on with our clients. It, they're all things that we want to add to their lives and not take away from it. So there's the same is true for, for all of this work as well. Agreed. That was like a really, it was a whistle stop tour of some of the things that are included in the four step guide to overcoming emotional eating. But if you need any more help, or if you are interested in joining the next round of empowered and eight, then please do drop us a message um we'll even put a link in the podcast show notes for anybody who's listening who's not already in empowered innate so that they can go and access those resources go and download them um and also hear more about um how to get onto the priority sign up list there it is again your voice your accent (laughs) yeah that is put on (laughs) Oh gosh. Well, it was an absolute delight. And thank you very much to everybody who's joined us in the group. Um have there have we missed any any wee messages? Oh, we have. Hang on. Um let me just let me just have a look. Maybe not for today. It would be great to have some advice on surfing the urge when perimenopausal and periods become irregular waiting for my period to arrive and have been grumpy, more hungry, generally hormonal for the past two to three weeks. Oh, I feel you, hun. I feel you. Um, Yeah, we can talk about that, can't we? I mean, like, I suppose, like, the point here is that it's really difficult to plan ahead to, like, know exactly when these feelings are going to come up. So I think it's more about, like, practicing surfing the urge on a regular basis when again you don't necessarily need it going back to what Sarah and I were saying like some of these tools you could incorporate into like everyday life you could do them once a day you could use them once a week for example and then you become more adept and better at at recognizing when you need to use them when those emotions do pop up so actually like kind of answering this question what I would recommend that you do is you practice it more regularly and even go back to like the first step like the observation stage and use that on a regular basis as well maybe you do that in a journaling session whether that's in the morning in the evening once a week Um, you have your check-ins as well use that as an opportunity to talk a bit more about how you've been feeling um Is there anything that you would add there, Sarah? Yeah, I think everything that you've just said as well, because, okay, we might not be able to pre-plan as in we might not notice there's a particular when it's happening because it's it's irregular, but still being able to implement that pause and observe, as you said, Catherine, I think is going to be really, really helpful. It also got me thinking about a resource that's actually in the vault on Kahuna's already, um, the stock method. So it's a really useful tool for creating like a pause between a trigger and our response. So in this case, it might be that you notice I'm feeling maybe quite grumpy or 
um, more hungry or hormonal. But having that initial stop to then take a step back, observe what's happening, and then kind of put into perspective what that is. So recognizing, okay, I'm recognizing that this is maybe because I'm hormonal. What would be then the best course of action from here? So you're looking at kind of either practice what works or proceed. So you're looking again then at, well, what's the next step? What's going to align maybe with my values? What do I need in this moment? So it's very similar to what we've already talked about in terms of um, recording what's going on. But this can be a something that you can use in the moment. And you can even have that like a stop sign. I've had clients before found that quite helpful once they've got used to what those steps are to have that picture of the stop sign on their phone or to hand. And it reminds them to work through that process. So I would say because you're a legend and you're an empowered innate, go and check out mm -hmm. the vault resources for the stop method. I can... I think it's in the relaxation resources folder. Yeah, so, I think that's where we would put it, yeah. Yeah, so go and check that out. And I think that would be really helpful to, again, practice that probably on a daily basis at different points throughout the day, even to just stop, take a breath, and then observe how you're feeling. The more that you practice that throughout the day when you're not feeling maybe particularly stressed or hormonal, the easier it will be to implement that when you are. Oh, what an amazing answer. Um, the only, like literally the only other thing that I was going to add in there was make a bit of a list of things that you can do to help meet your needs when you're able to identify what those emotions are. Like you're saying like grumpy or more hungry, then write down um, these statements. Like if I feel insert emotion here, grumpy for example then I will insert action or whatever into this next part so think of things that help meet your need there and help either make you feel less overwhelmed less stressed what would you, what's the opposite of grumpy I suppose like in a good mood type thing intense it, yeah yeah content. Ease. yeah anything that helps you feel at ease um and come up with a few of those things because you're not going to use the same action every single time. It might vary depending on where you are as well. If you're not at home, you're at work or if you're not at work and you're at home or if you're at home alone, for example. So come up with a few different ideas for yourself. Yeah, great show. I think having that pre-plan is really, really helpful. Yeah. So a bit of homework for you there, Sharon. Also, <laughs> I'm sure it's Sharon's wedding anniversary today no way so Happy big shout wedding out anniversary sharon and steve sharon and steve chops <laughs> the choppers I'm imagine i'm wrong i'm sure i saw her post on instagram today and i commented on it imagine it was yesterday and this is like a big anti-climax <laughs> i'm now checking but... i know i'm waiting for her to say yes it is indeed <laughs> Such a cliffhanger. Find out in the next episode of <laughs> Laughter and Lunges. <laughs> That's really impressive if you remember the name of the podcast because I oh, forgot it. Just there. I always go to the group call, Banter and Beverages, which is this evening for everyone who is on Empowered or Empowered in Eight. So looking forward to catching up with all those legends. We can't wait to see ya. And Sharon said, for the record, yes, it is today. So you didn't have to wait till the next podcast, guys. It is today. Happy, Happy anniversary. anniversary. <laughs>
okay um that's us peace out and hope you have a good weekend guys love you bye